The game may be over, but our coverage of Utah Jazz basketball is just beginning. That kid is on fire on catch-and-shoot threes right now. This is Utah Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Bounces to Gobert, and he rocks the pass Presented by both Mark Miller Subaru locations. Go where love takes you in the completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Now, it's time for a complete wrap of tonight's Utah Jazz game on the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson of KSL Sports with you. The Jazz fall tonight to the Phoenix Suns, one thirty one to one eleven. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Let's check out your sharp stats of the game tonight. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Tonight, the Jazz shot forty seven point one percent from the field. 10 of 26 from three, 38.5%. They were led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 38 points. Excuse me, on 11 of 29 shooting, he was 10 of 12 uh, from the line. Bogdanovich added 16. Rudy with 13. Jordan Clarkson had 14 coming in off the bench. But the Suns, Ben, shot 56% from the game, 60% from three, 12 of 20. They only took 20 threes. And they made 12 of them, which is just ridiculous. Devin they Booker, made more threes than the Jazz, and they only took 20. Uh, that should just not happen. Should not happen. And hey, Phoenix was good tonight, but we uh, we kept talking about this before, uh, during the game as we're watching it. And Gordon uh, Monson was up here watching it with us a little bit as well. But it was just so easy for Phoenix, and it seems like that's been a common thread uh, for these last few opponents. And, and actually, going back before the break a little bit, where they just get wherever they want to go offensively, and uh, very little resistance from the Jazz defense. Yeah, uh, the Jazz absolutely, uh, and it's one thing. It's, it's by design. The Jazz don't force turnovers and we'll tell you why they don't force turnovers because they've got Rudy Gobert and the Jazz have decided that it's better for a team to attack and take a bad shot against Rudy Gobert than it is to gamble trying to get into a passing lane or play this maybe more ball hawking or, or, or you know aggressive right. defensive style I mean they're just trying to funnel you into the shot that they want you to take which is a bad close shot that you think hey this is a good shot I'm close and then Rudy Gobert is there to make it a bad shot so by design the Jazz don't try and turn the ball over but it's not working anymore because teams aren't going into the paint. Right. So if they're going into the paint and, and Rudy's there, they say that's a bad shot. So they say, well, let's either pass the ball around the perimeter or attack off the dribble, and then Rudy Gobert has to come over and help. And what happens when you play help defense? Well, somebody's open. Right. And it's just it, it's a very simple equation right now to beat the Jazz. And I think you make a good point where you beat your guy with no pick coming and Rudy's not involved in the play, and sometimes that just leads to an open layup or dunk, which we saw time after time in this particular game. All right, let's throw things now down to the podium where Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder is addressing the media. Well, there's, there's certain games in the course of a season where um, you don't play well, you lose, you know, things happen. And there's other games that when you look at are, are low-point-type games. And those usually involve... Um, more than lack of execution, but a lack of commitment to the things you need to do to win. And that's defensively, um, it's it's not going to be, we're going to keep getting the same result if we don't um, focus and execute on the defensive end. You know? And this is a group that's done that. Um, but that doesn't matter right now. What that should tell us is that we're capable, at least on some level. But right now, that's not who we are. And 
you are is who you are now, not who you've been or what you're going to do or you know, what you can do. It's it's what you do. And what we did tonight um, wasn't good. Obviously, that's a an understatement on a lot of levels. What's the overall solution um, to to what we've seen in the last three games? Well, I, I don't I don't think there's like sweeping answers that um, you just say you, you do this. You know, I, I think it starts with just a commitment to run back. As simple as that. In transition, which you know you could say protect the paint. You know, they, I think they had 66 points in the paint. Um, but that involves that involves a lot of things. It involves you know getting back. It involves you know pressure on the ball. It involves defending off the ball. It involves communicating. It involves rebounding. You know it's it's not a a singular thing. You know it's a it's a collective um, commitment to the defensive end. You know and we weren't great in the first quarter, but we had activity. Um, we turned them over because we had some activity and that, you know, got us some points. We still gave up 27, but we didn't give up 30 plus. So, um, and we've been that team, you know, the last time I think it's, it's been, it seems like less, you know, it was last year, but it seems like a long, long time ago that, you know, we won a game in Phoenix because we defended and we're a long way from that right now. And um, the season's not over. It's not going to end, you know, anytime soon. And we need to commit and, and correct it. Quinn, you've coached a lot of different teams in a lot of different places, but when something like this happens, what is the what is the cause? What is the course moving forward? To you know, how how often does it get prepared? Well, I mean, these teams go through you know tough stretches. Um, and you say that, and that doesn't make it, you know, you don't accept that in any way. Um, but it's, you know, to me, again, it's um, when things do happen um, and you have games like this, it's more about what you do with it. Because what's happened from a results standpoint, um, you know, we have, to, we have to own it. You know, we have to internalize it more than even more than anything. And, and there has to be a different level of commitment to the defensive end. It's just got to become more important. And you're not going to be perfect, but you know you can you can try to control the things that you're actually capable of controlling. And that's a collective effort. All right, that was Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder coming off a really tough loss to the Suns tonight, one thirty-one to one eleven. And Ben, it sounds like Quinn Snyder has some answers, or or sounds confident that he's saying the right things or knows the right things for his team. Certainly, we're just not seeing it. Yeah, and that's scary. Uh, that is part of the scary part is, is they know what's wrong and it's not getting fixed. Now, I, I do think we we tend to overblow three game losing streaks and you know think the sky is falling because it wasn't that long ago the Jazz were on a four game losing streak uh, and turned around or a five game losing streak yep, I should say and then turned it around and won four in a row right. so we should recognize that that's the nature of this team they are streaky and that's not fun because you get on these high highs of winning five in a row and or four in a row and beating Miami and beating Houston and Dallas and back to back nights on a Texas road trip you know and beating Portland and you really start to believe it, and then it falls apart that quickly. So 
it's a little bit of a house of cards at times for the Jazz right now. Uh, but I, I think you have to realize that that, that kind of goes both ways. You know, even these losses can get fixed relatively quickly. It's not like every team's just going to do this to the Jazz. Right. Every team's not going to shoot 60% from the floor. Phoenix was a little bit hot tonight. I mean, they, they did hit some... Sh- Javon Carter was hitting threes that he doesn't usually hit. You know, Ricky Rubio hit some threes that he doesn't always hit. So... It, it, it's not like the sky is falling, even though it, it certainly feels that way. And I look, I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. This was the worst performance of the season. Sixty games in, almost we we haven't seen the Jazz play this poorly yet, and that's scary to do sixty games in because you should be fixing these problems, not realizing them for the first time. And not what we've seen in the past with Quinn Snyder teams, where maybe you get sluggish starts and performances yep. like this in November and December, but then by the time the All Star break hits and they come back to close out the season, all of a sudden things click. And they they win games and are playing tough. In fact, uh, closed it out historically well two seasons ago. And this year, it's it's been much more manic. And, and I I feel bad for fans because you know we see them walking by the the uh, the studio here. Ben, fans were grumpy walking out of the uh, the arena today, and I don't blame them because certainly not what you would expect from a team of of the Jazz caliber. I mean, expectations were right. real coming into this year, and they real they should have been. The Jazz have a good roster who's capable of a lot, and then a performance like this against the Suns, it just it's 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 beyond scratching your head like what it I, I get it why fans are frustrated they should have been high expectations and they should still be high expectations right. and that's why jazz fans care right now because that was a loss that a team that's going to be competing for 53 or 54 wins shouldn't have All but right. it happens yeah, it Look, the clippers lost at home to the memphis grizzlies and i know memphis is better than people think even though la's getting revenge for that game tonight because they're up 30 or what, 27? <laughs> 66 to 39. Yeah, don't let me uh, do math on the air. But uh, yeah, they're uh, blowing them out right now to get some revenge. You do, you you just have ebbs and flows in an NBA season. It's it's hard to for, it's hard to remember that sometimes. Want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final 131-111. to 111. Jazz fall to the Suns. We'll have more sound for you coming up right around the corner here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall tonight at home to the Phoenix Suns, 131-111. to Let's uh, check out your points in the paint, brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-CERTA, visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson, we'll get you more sound from the locker room coming up here momentarily. But tonight in the paint, boy, the Jazz dominated in the paint, Ben, 66-4. to that's a, in fact we haven't seen the Jazz get outscored like that in the paint maybe all season long and not that the, that this stat is the end all be all uh, but it it definitely showed that Phoenix was getting to the rim every time I mean every anytime the Suns wanted to get to the rim they got there and then it was just layups or free throws so, you know, they didn't, how many threes did they take? What do you say, 20? 20, that's it. 12 of 20 tonight. That's crazy. Yep. There's a lot of games teams are taking 43 in the NBA. They took half that and still scored 130 points. You shouldn't score 130 points unless you hit 18 threes in a game. Yep. They barely took 18 threes in this game. Houston took 48 the other night and made 20. Yeah, right. That, that's what you have to do to score 130 points in the NBA. That should be what you have to do. It can't be a layup drill. And it was a layup drill tonight. 
It was, and and they were getting dunks, they were getting layups. I mean, we were just having a conversation uh, uh, off the air a little bit, Ben. How, you know, guys uh, were getting to the rim. I mean, Ubre uh, was almost punking the Jazz and and got that uh, intimidation technical foul, in fact, uh, or taunting, I guess is is the better word for it. I mean, just just lack physicality. I know that sounds like such a cliche in today's day and age, but I I just I can't think of a better word for it. Yeah, no, it's it's. It was absolutely the case. They're just teams aren't afraid of the Jazz right now. There's just nothing to be afraid of because yeah. the offensive attack is pretty easy to combat. You kind of just step into the passing lanes. You you sag off and you trust that hey they're going to try and they're going to try and drive. If you play five out against the Jazz defensively, five smaller players, the Jazz are going to try and attack you and get into the paint because they want to throw Rudy Gobert a lob. And then if you make sure Rudy can't catch that lob, the Jazz are going to try and kick it out. And how many times did we see tonight where someone just said, and we saw it, Russell Westbrook did it to Joe Ingles to begin the third quarter of the last game. Uh, we saw it tonight, Ricky Rubio, and he knows this Jazz offense. He did it several times. So we know you're going to jump and make that pass, so we're just going to jump that and go get a layup on the other end. And they did it several times. Jazz only had six turnovers uh, after the first quarter. What did they finish with? 19. Oof. 19 turnovers. 20 giveaways. That's a ton. And you had six after the first quarter. Uh, or I should say in the first half. You had six in the first half. Right. And you had 13 then in the uh, in the second half. It's just it's too easy. That's that's too many easy baskets. Well, and Phoenix gets 10 steals. And as we know, those are basically, I mean, live ball turnovers, those turn into layups on the other yeah. side more often than not. I mean, and one player in Ricky Rubio gets seven of those. And, yeah, he's, he's very familiar with what the Jazz do. But there were a bunch of careless passes and careless possessions in there as well where they're just not paying attention to what's going on. I mean, it, it's not all Phoenix. Phoenix isn't a great defensive team. In fact, they're not even an average defensive team. And they're actually just an average offensive team, and they scored 131 points tonight. Jazz got to take 43s a game. You're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. Yeah. You, you can't take 26 threes in a game. It's, you can't. When you can't get into the paint, you know, when they're playing a smaller lineup, you probably have to try and take some contested threes and just trust that Boyan Bogdanovich taking 10 threes, even if six of them have a hand in his face, he's going to make enough of them to punish the defense. Right now the Jazz are taking not quite 34 threes a game on average. And then uh, tonight, uh, like you said, they take 26, which is just not enough. 26 not enough. It's not yeah. good enough. You know, you, you have to take more threes than that. And, and I don't know if it's dribble up. I don't know if it's you're drawing up plays to get threes. I don't know if, you know, you're finding a way to find that more or isolation threes. But attacking the paint and throwing the ball away isn't that that's not an offensive possession that's no. that's a giveaway i mean you're scoring points for the other team well and and you've hit on this a bunch tonight but also the no pass possessions or one pass possession where you're not working to get that open three necessarily because one person is touching the ball it's it's an issue and uh you know that's what houston does if we want to go back to the rockets uh basically diagramming the game plan against the jazz is don't you know, switch everything or force them to play one-on-one and force them not to, to move the basketball. And then all of a sudden they're not getting the three-point shots that they want. And their whole mantra of, uh, you know, pass up a good shot for a great shot actually works against them because now they're not taking really any shots. So, uh, you know, they're going to – you're right. They're going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out a way to make other teams adjust to them. Yep. And that's, you know – it's easy for us to sit here and talk about, I suppose, and it's more difficult to draw up and actually execute. But that's I mean, but we saw a play on. tonight, Jake, where Boyan Bogdanovich goes behind the back to Royce O'Neal at the three-point line. And he, instead of taking an open three, steps in and throws a great skip pass over to Donovan Mitchell, who also has an open three. And what does he do? He tries to pass the ball to Rudy Gobert down low, and Rudy ends up under the brim and can't get the shot off. And they basically almost have a shot clock violation, and he throws it off the underside of the rim. You have to take that three. You just, somebody has to take that shot. Yeah. You know, somebody has to be willing to take it. Again, you shot thirty-eight percent from three tonight. 
So you take 14 more, and I know it's not just that simple. I, I get it. But you take 14 more tonight. You get your 43-point attempts up. You're making 40% of those. So you get, what, five more threes, you know, made? You get 15 more points out of those or just shots you're not taking at all? You just got you got to do it. Sometimes you just have to either fall back or start to believe that identity. And I, maybe they need to just embrace that identity of, hey, you're going to go small and you want to play three-point shooting against us? We're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA. We'll do that. I mean, th- that's the mindset I think the Jazz have to well, have to adopt. That math is what the entire Houston Rockets game plan is based yep. on. And it's why the Jazz, in fact, uh, not to go back to the Houston game too much, but it's why the Jazz don't mind Russell Westbrook having 34 points because if he's taking all those shots, you right. know who's not? James Harden. Right. And, and Russell Westbrook isn't going to take threes for the most part, so they're just taking twos as opposed to threes, and that's actually a good game plan where you're, you're totally right. I mean... Jazz, especially tonight, going up against a Suns team like this, should be getting up far more three-pointers. All right, uh, we're hoping to get you some uh, sound from the locker room coming up here shortly. Let's let's uh, jump to your assist feature, uh, proudly sponsored by Larry H. Miller Dealerships. Throughout the Utah Jazz season, Larry H. Miller Dealerships donating $50 for each assist to Larry H. Miller Charities. We are driven by you. Uh, and playing right into this discussion tonight, Ben, the Jazz had 16 assists on 32 made field goals, which is a low number for them. And, and really, the ball didn't move tonight no it just it, not enough not enough ball movement not enough opportunities to move the ball uh and then yeah not even enough shot attempts to to you know generate assists again that's a, that's a major problem when you're when you're not even getting that many attempts up because you're turning the ball over 20 times all right i uh, want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new redesigned 2020 subaru outback available now at mark miller subaru the official subaru partner of the utah jazz for more go to mark subaru.com the jazz fall to the suns uh tonight 131 to 111 we'll hopefully get you some sound from the locker room coming up next on the jazz radio network Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz fall to the Suns tonight, 131 to 111. Let's go down to the locker room with Tony Parks standing by with Donovan Mitchell. We matched their intensity for maybe a quarter or a half, and then uh, it's like the pipe burst, and they just do get whatever they want. And we gotta, um, as a collective unit, we gotta come together. Um, yeah. Have all the conversations that need to be had. Been yeah, had there's, now nothing, there's nothing else to say, man. There's, can't give y'all a thousand reasons, you know, it's just, we just got to go out there and do it. Otherwise, we'll be home in May. You guys obviously know better than anyone what you're capable of. Is that the most frustrating thing at times like this? Yeah, you know, it's not like we haven't seen what we could be. You know, we haven't seen the chemistry and all that. So having losses like the past three especially are just like, you know, like, what are we doing? You know, we got to go out there and we got to compete. And that's, there's not one person to blame. It's it's all of us. and not even the coaches. We got to go out there as a unit and collective. You know, they, like I think Joe said it this morning. Uh, we they can't. Coaches can't do it. You know, mm-hmm. um, we got to go out there and do it as a unit. You know, and that's not even offense. It's just defense. You know, it has nothing to do with the offensive end. Um, I think they had 121. You know, that's way too much. Um, we got to figure that out. That being said, about the coaches, it seems like this coaching staff really does go through it with you guys. Yeah, and I, I love our coaching staff, man. They they break it down in every detail, and that's why it hurts a little bit because it's like you know at some point you know they can give us every answer to the exam but we got to go out there and do our own part you know and I you know like I said you know we've had great game plans the past three games we just haven't really executed the way we needed to is there 
as much about the mental approach as the physical effort? At this point, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, we can't get satisfied when it's 62 to 62. We can't get satisfied when it's 62 to 66 against the Rockets. We can't get satisfied. I don't know what the score is against San Antonio, but like, you know, because it comes to a point where that third quarter, you know, that third quarter used to be lethal for us. You know, there used to be a thing where we come out and, you know, it's where we make our push, you know, and it's kind of the roles reversed. And, you know, we could sit here and just kind of look around and be like, you know, oh, we'll, you know, we'll figure it out. We can make it happen. And um, we have guys that will make it happen, you know, and this is it's a tough stretch, man, but, you know, at a crucial time, but, you know, we'll figure it out. In your career to this point, your team has always been very committed to the proper mm-hmm. defensive habits consistently. Do you feel like the commitment is there, the execution's not? What, what are your thoughts kind of in that facet? I think, you know, the biggest thing for us is the mental approach. I think we want to do it. You know, we have guys who are really committed to like, so I think that's your question. Yeah, I think we're committed to doing it now. We just got to show it. You know, I think it's easy for us to come here and talk to you guys after the game and say, yeah, we're, we're all committed. We're all doing this, but we got to go out there and do it. Um, and we kind of, we got to, you know, we talk the talk, we got to walk the walk. You know, we go out there and we do it in spurts. And that's what's frustrating. It's like, you know, we're there, you know, and then I don't know what happens. And I, can't give you a reason right now. I got to go back and watch the the past two games in depth. Just like, just gotta figure it out, man. Yeah, I gave up two back doors. Um, DeAndre Ayton should have fouled him under the hoop, even though we were down 19. Um, shouldn't have got, tried to get the offensive rebound, which led to Kelly Oubre's dunk. Um, fouled Ricky, um, or let Ricky go by me and get Ricky Rudy his third foul before the half. Like, I can give you a whole bunch of things that I need to do. Um, and I think we all need to do that. And I think we all will do that. Um, it's all defense. You know, it doesn't matter how many points you score. It doesn't matter what, like, we, we can't guard anybody. You know, we got to go out there and we got to go out there and do it. You know, and myself included. You know, no one's excluded. No one's excluded from that. And, you know, I think the way, uh, the way we have, the guys we have in this locker room, we're going to go in there and we're going to, we're going to figure this out. You know, and, um, yeah. Thank you. I right, appreciate it. Guys, that's Donovan Mitchell. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, Donovan Mitchell tonight was good on the offensive end, Ben. 38 points, 11 of 19 shooting, uh, 6 of 9 from 3. But uh, talking about how they're being told the right things, they know the right things, and they're just not going out and doing it uh, predominantly. In fact, he, he said all on the defensive end. Yeah, and, and he's right. I mean, the majority of it's on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, offensively, they're turning the ball over like madmen. You know, they're just they're they're just throwing it away very casually. I mean, we've got the replay of the game on right now, and just every single trip down the floor, the Phoenix Suns are getting penetration off the dribble, and then the Jazz are you know getting a clunky pass, either getting taken away or at least getting deflected. I mean, I don't see Jazz deflections right now. I don't, you know, you just don't see anything like that 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 even pulls the Suns out of running their offense right. or anybody out of running their offense. I mean, teams are just able to execute what they want, and there's just not. A bad offensive team in the NBA anymore. I know there's not. I know not every team's great. Not every team's the Houston Rockets or you know the Milwaukee Bucks. But teams are good enough to know how to get open threes. Every team in the NBA is, especially if you let them run their run their sets. Back down to the locker room. Room we go. Tony standing by with Rudy Gobert. This team is right now. Um, that's a good question. It's a very good question. I think we still can be the the team that we. Hopefully it can be, you know, we just got to just look in the mirror and see what we can do better. Why is this happening? <laughs> Why is that? I don't know. Why do you think? I mean, I would point to the defense first, but I, why, I guess, why is it you guys can play defense. the defense? Why is it all of a sudden gone? Mm. 
think it's just got to be who we are again. You know, I think right now it's not who we are. We we say that we worry about defense, but it's not who we are. So, you know, we just got to start with me, you know, and then, you know, out of us, got to get on the same page and go out there and, you know, and play as a team, especially defensively. I mean, up like defensively. For the most part, you mentioned it starts with you. I asked Donovan the same question, but what are the things that you individually can can do better? Uh, every little things, you know. I gotta communicate better. I gotta, you know, uh, when my teammates get beat, I, I can foul. You know, uh, I gotta be better. Uh, they rely on me, so I gotta, you know, be who I am. Uh, I think if I fix that, you know, it's mostly. We we'd be fine. Donovan said the commitment level that is there now comes down to executing and maintaining the focus that needs to be there. Do you sense the same thing while you're out there? Yeah. Yeah. What's the solution for you guys? There's some defense. What's it? Is it more is it more nuanced to that? Is it schematic or is it just effort? No, it's not just effort. It's it's just being worried about the, the right stuff, and and it's gonna be who we are. It's our identity. It's been our identity for last since since I'm here, you know. So it's since Queen got here, you know. It's been we decided to be on our own defense, and you know, and uh, it's gonna stay who we are. I was gonna ask Rita, you are the longest tenured Jazz man. Have you been through something like this with this team, and and you know, how did you guys get over it? We won 25 game my first year, so you know I've been through worse than that. But uh, you know, every time you're about to to go past, you know, when we have a rough time, you're about to um, just get together and you know go past that. So you know, we we had some rough times earlier this year too, you know, and it, I think it brought us closer together as a team. So we. Like I said, we we gotta take some time to watch film, um, listen to the coaches, see what they have, what they think, uh, listen to each other, and see what we can do better. Rudy, do you think you're as a team mentally tough enough collectively? No, I think we can be a lot better, a lot tougher. If you want to be the team, you want. If you want to be a fifth or sixth seed. Forever, we we tough enough. But if you want to be a championship team, we definitely not tough enough. What's your message to your teammates going forward? Well, it's a message not only to my team, it's my, to myself first. You know, we just just gotta be better. We just gotta be tougher. Uh, when things go not go our way, uh, stay together. And you know, we gotta in the rough moments we gotta step up even more than. We do when things go well. You know, we gotta keep stepping it up. It starts with me. Guys, that's Rudy. Go back. Let's go back to you. Thank you very much, Tony. Certainly, um, you know, we've heard some interesting post-game comments from Rudy Gobert recently, and right there, it's don't hear Rudy with short answers like that very often. But it's defense, and Rudy's not pleased with it. Yeah, he said, and he said they're not mentally tough enough, which I I think you see when you watch the team. There's ebbs and flows in every game 
I mean, I've talked a lot about how I think this team is a momentum-driven team. Mm-hmm. And whichever momentum that is, that's who they're going to be. So if they're going to win 19 of 21, of course, they're playing well and they believe in themselves. And then one thing goes wrong and they're going to lose five straight or four or five. And we've seen that. Now they've lost three in a row because they just had a bad outing against the San Antonio Spurs. It, 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 that's the macro. It's happening on the micro, too, where you have a bad... I mean, it, it, the scary thing is it can happen. It feels like Jake and two possessions. You right. know, it can be a 4-0 run from the Phoenix Suns that changes a game from 62 to 62 to 66 to 62 to start the third quarter. And, and it's just the, the ground has fallen out from below the jazz. I mean, everything has crumbled at that point. And that's, that's shocking because it's four points. You know, it's not a 10-0 run. It's a four-point run that turns into an 18-4 run or, you know, a 22-7 run, and all of a sudden the game's over. And we've seen that a lot over these last three games where they're keeping it close, they're keeping it close. Donovan Mitchell talked about it in a couple of his post-game comments. He said, you know, it was 66-62 or 62-62 in this game and, you know, go, going back over the last few, and then all of a sudden the game's over. And it's just that's a lack of toughness or execution that allows you to stop these issues when they're when, when they're showing up. And that's 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 intimidating and when you can't get stops yeah i mean those things unravel all right real quick uh let's get to your master of the glass brought to you by safe light auto glass the local vehicle glass expert they are the preferred auto glass partner of the utah jazz safe light auto glass is also proud to present this year's master of the glass rebound program at the end of the regular season safe light will donate five dollars for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader with all proceeds going to benefit the neighborhood house tonight's master of the glass royce o'neill who had nine rebounds the jazz only had 30 total rebounds in fact out rebound by the Suns, 38-30. I uh, want to remind you, go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall to the Suns tonight, 131-111. We'll wrap things up coming up next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. The Jazz fall to the Suns, 131 to 111 here at Vivid Smart Home Arena. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson with you. And uh, hopefully, we're not sure actually. We might have some more post game locker room sound for you coming. Uh, we might not. Um, the Jazz opened the locker room a little bit later than usual, just to uh, for our late night listeners, yep. a little uh, a little transparency there. So uh, we heard from Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert earlier, and we're not sure if we're going to get anybody else from the locker room, but. We're crossing our fingers. Uh, in the meantime, let's get to your three-point takeover, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than 80 years. And the Jazz were 10 of 26 from three tonight, 38.5%. Uh, the Suns were 12 of 20, 60% from three tonight. So the Suns made two more threes than the Jazz and took six fewer attempts. Uh, but I'm with you, Ben. The, the, that's too low. You've got to have more than 26 attempts. They should so. have taken 20 fewer attempts tonight than the Jazz. Right. There's just when the offense isn't working, and the offense was fine tonight, but it wasn't great. I mean, what did they end up scoring? 111 points. 111. Okay, yeah. and you're in a firefight. I mean, you have to use your best tool, and right now you're not able to get Rudy Gobert lobs at the rim because everyone's fouling him when he gets down low. He had what five shot attempts tonight, Rudy? Yep, three of five, Kay. seven of eight from the line. Yeah, and he got to the free throw line eight times. I mean, I get it. It's it, it's what your offense is predicated around, but you have to adjust. 
If they're, if you're not getting those, or when you are getting to the paint, you're throwing the ball away, you have to shoot more threes. And that sounds lazy, but that's who the Jazz are, and they're the best three-point shooting team in the NBA, and you shot 38% tonight from the three-point line. It's a really good number. Shoot 40. You know, shoot 40 threes and shoot 40%, you're going to get, what, 17 made threes there, 18 made threes in that stretch? You need that some of these nights, especially when the defense isn't clicking. You've got you've to put up something to, to battle it. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, truth is, uh, and Donovan mentioned this, that third quarter used to be a strength for the Jazz. They gave a 37 in the third quarter tonight. They gave 38 up, 38 to the Houston Rockets uh, on Saturday. They were outscored 38 to 19. Tonight they were outscored 37 to 26, and then outscored in the fourth, 32 to 23. And maybe that's that was the most frustrating thing watching the game tonight, is you thought, uh, you know, tied going into the second half, but you would expect the Jazz, uh, the better team, to have a better third quarter and then end up pulling away in the end and it was exactly the opposite the Suns had a good third quarter and then absolutely pulled away in the fourth to where you know they had a 15 what 18 point lead with seven eight minutes to go and at that point it's it's over yeah yeah I mean we, we kept kind of waiting I, I, I mean I think I'm like a lot of people who are watching this game I just keep waiting for the Jazz to you know flip the switch or take it a little bit more seriously or play a little harder and close the gap and get back into it and cut this 12-point lead with 16 minutes left or 11-point lead with 16 minutes left down to four where Vivint Smart Home Arena is the best home court advantage you have in the NBA because that place gets insanely loud mm-hmm. and you're playing at altitude and you run a building out, a team out of the building in the fourth quarter and it went the opposite direction. Which is weird. It's just not how this team has traditionally been. No, it shouldn't happen. Uh, some quick stats for you if uh, you're joining us late. Donovan Mitchell did have 38 points tonight on 11 of 19 shooting, but really got no support, especially in the second half from there. Uh, I know defense has been a theme, but really offense wasn't terrific in the second half either. Uh, Bogdanovich had 16 points, most of those coming in the first half. Rudy Gobert with 13 on 3 of 5 shooting. Um, uh, Jordan Clarkson had 14 coming off the bench, but he was only 5 of 11 shooting. In fact, uh, the Jazz, let me do some quick math here only 23 bench points on top of Clarkson's 14 Tony Bradley had four uh, Manuel Moutier had four Royce O'Neal had five interesting that we did see Moutier uh, tonight in the rotation that uh, is a little bit of a hint I think you're right Ben we might see some more major changes coming in the rotation if not the starting lineup just to shake some just to shake some things up going forward yeah I'll, I'll be curious and you know I have no idea how close he would be if, if you could do it, but Jarrell Brantley is a guy who's been really tearing up the G League. And, you know, if you're not ready, you're not ready. You can't just say, hey, we're going to give a guy a chance and, and hope he can make it. Because some guys just can't. You know, you're just, yeah. if you're not ready to play, you're really not ready to play. But uh, he, he certainly showed the ability a little bit uh, in the G League to be able to step back and shoot the three and, and can probably play the five, despite the fact that he's not enormously tall. He's very strong. I mean, he's got more of that PJ Tucker, Draymond, Draymond Green type of body. Uh, so maybe that's something you, you end up looking at if you feel like you're absolutely desperate to be able to play five out and fight fire with fire and be able to shoot the three at all five positions. Maybe that's an opportunity you can turn because, you know, Juwan Morgan can guard out on the perimeter a little bit more, but he doesn't shoot the three. At mm-hmm. least he hasn't right now for the Jazz. And obviously Tony Bradley and, and Rudy Gobert aren't going to do it. So if you're going to, you know, make change, I mean, that those are why you have players like that. You know, that that's absolutely one of the reasons why the Jazz bought a second round pick really late and, and drafted a guy like Jarrell Brantley was to, to kind of open up that flexibility at some point down the road. You know, I never thought we'd we'd use this anecdote, but since Jarrell has come up here, Ben, and it's after 1030, after a tough loss to the Phoenix Suns, why not? Uh, we were sitting up here in the lounge watching the, uh, the BYU uh, and the Jazz game simultaneously, uh-huh. PK and I were, and actually going on over on 5B, which is just above the upper yep. concourse over here, they were having the... Um, um, 
the NBA or the the Jazz. What am I looking for? The um, the G League, the, the Stars. No, the well, the NBA 2K draft. Uh, they oh, were having okay, a draft. Yes, for, yes the 2K uh, draft. Yeah, for the Jazz uh, uh, gaming team. Yes. And so Jonathan Reinhardt, who's the pre- president of the Stars, is also over jazz gaming and so was uh, just walking down actually during the game on the upper concourse and saw us hanging out so we just dropped by and PK and I talked to Jonathan about uh, Jarrell Brantley for probably 10 minutes and Jonathan you know he's the the president but he is having daily communication with the coaching staff and those sorts of things and uh, 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 Coach Schuler and, and those guys over uh, Schiller excuse me over there just love him and what he's doing and I think I, I got the impression you know it's he's in the G League for a reason he's got some developing to do but but I don't know. There might be some there there, Ben. I don't know if it's going to fix their their problems going on right now, but as long as we're talking Jarrell Brantley, sure. there's some promise there, and he's played really well for the it's Stars. It's also really hard to ask that guy to come in with 25 oh, games impossible. left. You know, I, yeah, mean, right. I mean, the Jazz kind of did it on, uh, what, December 23rd when they went out and signed Rajon Tucker right. and kind of expect him to come in. And, you know, what you got was him playing hard for six minutes in the first half of every game, and that was kind of all you saw of him. And he was... You know, he was scoring 30 points a game in the G League and isn't he can't play anymore. You know, isn't in the rotation anymore. So there is an enormous, enormous gap from the G League certainly to the NBA. I'm not just trying to say that hey, the Jazz have this fix and no one's looking. I guarantee you, they've thought of it. But you know, desperate times come for come for uh, you know desperate solutions, and, and maybe that's what the Jazz are. Uh, maybe that's what the Jazz have to look at. Well, why his name came off uh, came up off the air actually, as we were we were kind of chatting about what some of the needs are. Is there there's some toughness need? Yeah, there's on some the, toughness on this team. And and Rudy, you know, his comments that we heard in the last segment. I mean, they kind of play into what we're talking about here. And you know, Derek Favors wasn't a real mouthy dude, but he was big and tough. He had fire too. Yeah, you know, he gets those big dunks late in the game, and he's going to let you know that you can't stand step in front of him and you, you can't guard him. I mean, Kelly Oubre dunked in Rudy's face and then taunted Rudy to his face, and there nobody did anything about it. Right. I mean, I get it. You're down 20 at that point, and the game was over. What are you supposed to do? Yell at him? Shove him? You know, like that doesn't do anything either. But, man, Kelly Oubre just dunked in your face and then taunted you, and you missed the free throw on the other end, and there was just no response to right. it at all. There's none. And, and Jay Crowder, I mean, we, we've seen guys like Trevor Booker in the past where, you, you know, maybe the, the skill, they aren't the most skilled players on the team but when something like that sure. pops up you know they're gonna yeah. they're Jeff gonna... Teague checks Ricky Rubio into the bench right I, you know Jake Crowder right. ran 80 feet to go get in their face you yeah. know and then Joe Ingles kind of picks up on that and, and then you see some other guys maybe be a little tough but uh, the, there is not a whole lot of toughness on this team right now I, teams just aren't afraid of the Jazz right there's just nothing to be afraid of you know, from a physical standpoint, from uh, are they going to stop you from running your offense standpoint, from are they going to run an offense that just dismantles you standpoint, they're, and they're not. They just Jazz just aren't doing that. There's just nothing to be afraid of right now. No, there's certainly not. And uh, the Jazz fall to the Suns uh, tonight, one thirty-one to one eleven. Just some numbers on the Suns end of things. If you're just joining us, Devin Booker was uh, twenty-four points tonight on eight of eighteen shooting. He also had ten assists. Uh, Ricky Rubio was the best player on the floor tonight. Yeah, he really was. 22 points, 11 assists, 7 steals, 6 rebounds. He was just terrific. Kelly Oubre, 18 points on 7 of 13 shooting for Phoenix. And uh, Dario Saric, although uh, David was saying he's changed the uh, pronunciation of his name uh, to Saric. Okay. Is what David was saying. But anyway, he had 14 coming in off the bench, 5 of 5 from the field, 2 of 2 from 3, and 2 two of 2 from the line. But he was he was the guy, kind of what we're talking about, where these teams are just uh, putting in their quote-unquote big and... And standing him outside and pulling Rudy out of the out of the paint. I mean, Phoenix made a big time run. David made a big deal out of this when DeAndre Ayton had to come off the floor with his fourth foul. That's when all of a sudden Phoenix really started to make a move. And it's 
it's the five out game plan that we've seen, you know, certainly since Houston, and we've seen other teams do it. And we're talking about how that's exactly what they're going to have to adjust to. That's why a player like Sarich. It's going to be weird. Uh, is, I don't have to talk about it very much. Is, is, you know what? This might be the last time, actually. Uh, but that's that's why they're so valuable. And, and even to a lesser extent, a guy like Aaron Baines, who maybe is not a three-point assassin, but can come in and stretch the floor and then pick up some hustle plays for you as well. I bet we see a lineup change. That's just what I'm guessing. That that would be my guess. I mean, that seems like the most logical Something fix. Something different. And the logical fix seems like putting Royce O'Neal back in the starting lineup in favor of Joe Ingles. Because... Joe was great when Mike Conley was out and had that crazy run of 20 games where he was shooting 56% from the floor and 56% from three, and it was awesome. And he's not doing it anymore. You know, he was 2-7 tonight and had was a minus 17 on the floor, second worst on the team behind Donovan Mitchell, uh, had just nine points, just wasn't had four turnovers. You know, just wasn't being a playmaker and wasn't just doing what the stuff that he does well. Uh, he's not giving that to the starting lineup right now and really hasn't over the last six or so games. So... You have to figure that out. You have to find out what that problem is. And if it's Joe, if it's Mike Conley being in the starting lineup with him, you got to make a change. And maybe you pull, I think you pull Joe Ingles off before you pull Mike Conley off. I think that's a very drastic move. It's just weird because it feels like Joe is not out there. You, you just don't notice right. him. And that even when in the past when Joe hasn't necessarily been a big-time scorer, you still feel his effect out there. Either he's running the pick and roll with Rudy or he's doing – when was the last time we saw that fun fake pass when he's running the right. pick and roll where he the goes easy to the left lane? All yeah. right. I mean, it's been a while since we've seen even that. And I've got to believe it's it's more complicated than he's just not handling the ball enough. Because, as you mentioned, right. he had four turnovers. And I, I've been hearing a lot with Joe that it's he's got to play with other good players around him. Well, what's the excuse now? Right. No, and, and, and then you have a lack of toughness. And Royce O'Neal brings some toughness. At the very least, Royce O'Neal brings some unselfishness and some, and some toughness and is really a low turnover guy, which is nice. The Jazz starting lineup could use that right now because they're very high on turnovers, especially when Joe Ingles has four. You know, Royce O'Neal just doesn't dribble, really. <laughs> He's not supposed to dribble, so he catches the ball and moves it. And so that's not going to result in a ton of turnovers. So maybe that's the advantage, too, of putting Royce back in the starting lineup. Well, and I've, I've said this a bunch, and maybe I sound like a broken record and I'm totally wrong, but he's also somebody you can put on the other team's best player so that Joe, for example, doesn't have to worry about it yep. or Donovan doesn't have to worry about it. And and one thing Royce has shown, and maybe he's not Kawhi Leonard where he's going to totally take the other team's best player out of the game, but whether it's Giannis Antetokounmpo or Devin Booker, he's shown the ability really to guard one through four depending on what the matchup is for that particular night, and yep. that's at least a luxury that – they don't have in the starting lineup right now. I, I wouldn't. They got to shake something up, Ben, and, shake they, something and up. they can't make a trade. I mean, but they just got smoked by the Suns at home. Yeah, I, I, and that's what I think it is. I mean, I think that'll be the move. I think I suspect we will see it because they're just not playing hard. I mean, they're not playing tough. Yeah, there's real questions. I mean, it, it's crazy when you watch a guy like Jordan Clarkson come to the game, especially against Houston, and he's just playing harder than everybody else, and it just it just jumps, it just pops out. It shouldn't be that obvious that one player is playing harder. You know, it shouldn't be that obvious. Russell Westbrook does it like a, an insane person. Like, he just plays harder than anyone I've ever seen, right. and it really jumps out. It shouldn't jump out that much when one guy is playing really hard on your team. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think you've seen that a lot from this Jazz right now, this Jazz team. And, and you know, so you got to fix that. you got to figure out what that issue is. And I'm not, I'm not saying that moving Joe Ingles to the bench is because Joe Ingles is the problem. I don't think that's it at all. I just think you need a spark somewhere to light everybody on fire to catch everybody and make everyone start moving well even if it's um and this is totally you know fictional i'm just making this stuff up but even if it uh, lights a fire under joe like hey i don't want to be back on the bench and i need to go out and and play a little bit harder i mean even that can have a positive byproduct you know and and at this point when you've lost three in a row at home 
and you've lost to a San Antonio team that's nowhere near the playoffs and now a Phoenix Suns team, which is nowhere near the playoffs. I mean, even maybe some negative energy might be good because you just need some energy. Or maybe you go radical and you say, hey, you're going to start three guards and you're going to start because you're kind of doing it now because Joe Ingles is really a two guard, right. if not a point guard. And you go with Mike Conley and you go with Donovan Mitchell and you go with Jordan Clarkson. You say, we think our three guards that can score 20 a night are going to go out and do that. And, and we're going to count on that. And you make the adjustment. Can you guard those three guys every trip down the floor? Yeah. You know, and, and you say, we're going to get more minutes for those guys together. We're going to try and get those guys on the floor together for 15 minutes. And then Jordan Clarkson gets another 10 by himself to carry the offense. You know, th- there's just, there, there's some moves Quinn Snyder can make that might be radical, but this might be the radical age of the NBA. Yeah. I mean, we can also accept that, that what the Houston Rockets are doing is extremely radical. You know, going six, seven or smaller with everybody on their roster. Maybe that's the direction of the NBA, and you just have to have a weird radical identity, and playing traditional doesn't work. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get a few final thoughts from you, Ben Anderson, and maybe what you're working on to put up there at uh, kslsports.com. My big thing is that I just don't think teams are afraid of the Jazz right now, and I think that's a little bit concerning. I also am just not, I mean, maybe I'm just not a panic button guy. You know, I just don't think the sky is falling. I know the Jazz play with heavy momentum. I've talked about it a ton. I'm probably beating that horse to death uh, or beating a dead horse further to death. Thank you, Carl. Uh, But uh, looking at this team, they're just going to go whichever way the wind is blowing. And right now they've got a bad wind and it's too bad uh, because it it makes it feel like the team is falling apart. And they're going to beat Boston on Wednesday night. You know, that they're going to have some inspired performance, and then they're going to go on this run where they beat Cleveland, and then what do they get? It's like Detroit, New York, and Cleveland again. Yeah. You're probably going to win those games. Right. And so all of a sudden, you've won four in a row again with one win at the beginning. That's the Boston Celtics. And that that is who the team is. And, and I think that's what Jazz fans are going to see. And you've got to get used to that for the rest of the season. And then the scary thing is you have to hope you're getting that good momentum when it comes to the playoffs. All right. We want to say a big thanks to Lock and Boone doing a great job today as usual. Thanks to the broadcast assistants working on the broadcast tonight. Thanks to Tony Parks working a little overtime in the locker room tonight doing the sidelines as well. Thanks to Adrian Lizer, executive producer of Jazz Game Night. Thanks to you, Ben. It's been fun to see you. Great. Two weeks. I haven't seen you for a long time. I know. It's been we didn't minute. even talk. I know. It's good to catch up, though. It's, it's good to see you. Right back in the saddle, my man. I'll see you Wednesday night. Uh, Not up like, here, but I'll see you around. Yeah, you'll be here. I'll be. All right. want to say thanks to Mark Miller Subaru as well. want to remind you to go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2020 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final tonight, the Jazz fall to the Suns, 131-111. to Next game, Wednesday night against the Celtics, as Ben just mentioned. Originally scheduled to start at 8 o'clock. That has been moved. It will start at 8.30. Pre-game coverage begins at 7.30. And, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.